What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. This week on the Minding Wellness Podcast, I'm excited to bring you Dr. Deniston. She is a seasoned chiropractor with an additional certification as a wellness chiropractor. Heather is an NASM-trained certified personal trainer, an avid athlete, health enthusiast, and presenter who has a passion for inspiring people of all ages to ignite first steps towards their personal best. Through online content, public speaking, and coaching, Heather shares wellness, fitness, and nutrition expertise for those looking for deeper change. Dr. Deniston is a frequent wellness strategist presenter for companies such as Microsoft. She is also the author of The Three-Day Reset and the creator of the online wellness membership program, The Change Cave. Dr. Heather presents nationally in a format that is energetic and engaging. I loved our conversation today. Heather shared her journey into the wellness field that she is currently in, including her why and her experiences as a young child. She also talks about smart goal settings, wellness outages, discovering your wellness, why, and more, and she even has a freebie. So this one is packed with value. I can't wait for you to listen. All right, Dr. Heather Deniston is with me today, and I could not be more excited. We just shared a little bit of a chat before we started recording, so I'm sorry you all missed that, but I just want to say the universe has its way of doing its thing, and we have so many random bits in common, including both living and working in Bellingham, Washington, which is a very small town, um, pretty much near the Canadian border. So when these things come about, I just, it was meant to be. So thank you for being on, (laughs) Heather. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me, Claudia. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, so excited to talk to you. As we always start, we're going to start with what does true wellness mean to you? That's such a great question. I appreciate having the time to think about it beforehand. I I know this is a question you ask most of your guests. And uh, as I thought about it, I thought, you know, I need to tell just a couple, uh, not a couple, a story. And that is uh, my father got diagnosed with brain cancer in 1997. And he died about six months later. And uh, that was obviously very difficult. I know you had a father who died of cancer. And uh, it's it is incredibly impactful. And uh, what is interesting is several years later, my mother got a diagnosis none of us could believe, and that was brain cancer. And so uh, that was obviously my sisters and I were standing there stunned in the hospital thinking, how could this possibly be? And she was lucky enough to beat that one, but only to succumb to a different kind of cancer years later. And from diagnosis to death, it was about, oh, 10 weeks. And so it causes pause um, when you have two parents who uh, ended their lives in a way that is so hard and so um, so many degrading and, and not the way you want to go. And, and as daughters, you watch that. And so it's very, very impactful. 
And it might be that that you think, oh, that's, that is what wellness means to me is preventing the big ones like diabetes and cancer and heart disease. And yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. And yes, wellness choices can, can make those differences 100%. But actually, I looked back on their life and I said, how did they live their lives? How, with the time they were given, did they spend it? And I saw, oh, my dad was an alcoholic. My mother spent a lot of time uh, chewing her end of her tongue off and not saying things she wanted to say and not living a life she wanted to live. My dad and mom both didn't eat and, and move their bodies in a way that gave them the most optimized health that they could have had. They really struggled. And so I look at that and I think, oh my gosh, wellness is all about expressing and experiencing the most optimized life that you can right now. And in doing so, you have the lovely side effect of preventing a lot of things like cancer and heart disease and diabetes and those big players. But really, I think my parents lived a bit of a black and white existence, and I want to live a full technicolor existence, and we can do that by the choices that we make. So that's wellness to me, is what are we doing to express our full health right now in this moment? Hmm. Heather, I didn't know that background. We obviously uh, don't know each other super, super well. We connected <laughs> online and I have read about a lot of your story, but I did not know those details. And of course, you know, the hairs on my arms are standing up because I have lived that experience. I have not lost yeah. my mother, but I can't, you know, you can't, it's so difficult to even imagine losing a parent. I remember fearing that even from a very young age, because it's like, mm -hmm. that's the stable. That's, I mean, it's your parents. How do you lose your parents? That's like part of your identity. And so, and then to, to live through what cancer does to the body and to witness yeah. that and to, and it's, you can't even begin to explain it. Words will never do it justice. And so yeah, we definitely share a lot of emotion yeah. with regard to that. And I love a lot of the things that you said. One is it causes pause and that's absolutely true. And then it, I did the same thing. I started to look back to what went wrong, what didn't happen, what what should this mean to me as I move forward? And I love the sentence of expressing and experiencing the most optimized life you can now. And I think that there's a lot... Um, of truth to that. And I, and I love that there is more of a focus now. I kind of wish that that focus was, you know, as emphasized as it is now back then. So maybe my dad would have paid more attention mm -hmm. to that, but you know, the timing is what it is and there's no point in looking For back, sure. but I, I'm so happy that we are able to have these conversations. And, you know, I, I, my dad was always listening to something in the, in the, car, you know, it was probably like a new, you know, he would listen to NPR or the news and not, not that anything is wrong with any of that. But I think now to what we do, you know, like I listen to these types of podcasts in the car and, yes. and I feel like we have so much more access to information like this, that maybe would have changed something for, you know, both of our parents back then, but it is what it is. And thank so thankful and so grateful that we're able to have these conversations now. So absolutely holding space for your experience. And I'm so glad that you are able to share that now with yeah. our listeners and as it guided you in your journey. So give us a brief background on your professional journey. So our listeners can learn a little bit more about you and me and what led you to the work <laughs> you do today. 
Yeah, you bet. I uh, was in college to become a marine biologist, of all things, and I had a terrible injury one summer, and I, my sister took me to a chiropractor named Dr. Wright, and Dr. Wright uh, fixed me right up, and I'm like, what the what is this? This is such a cool profession, so I jumped right in and uh, changed my major and went to chiropractic school um, and became a chiropractor, and I practiced in a brick-and-mortar practice for about 25 years, and during that time, I not only became a, a pediatric specialist, but actually the, the thing that interested me even more was uh, I obtained a certified wellness practitioner designation. And that's what really lit me up is integrating nutrition and fitness and mindfulness with all of the goodness of chiropractic. And that was just so incredible for me. And at a point, I felt like I was bursting at the seams with four walls around me. So I decided to exit that and move into the online space and work toward kind of casting the net a little wider with um, some of the knowledge that I have and some of the things that I love to teach about. And so that's kind of what brought me to where I am now. I'm also a personal trainer. I got that because when you are giving exercise advice online, some Sometimes people don't connect that chiropractors actually have a lot of expertise in fitness and exercise. So I added that trainer bit to it and kind of that all evolved into the company I now have, which is well fit and fed. And um, there's a lot of different offshoots to that, but primarily I work with uh, corporations and women uh, in helping them realize their full true potential that they can uh, with all of their wellness aspirations and choices. Mm, okay. I love, I love so much. I love that you talk so fast because I talk, <laughs> no, you know, but I love it because I talk really fast and I always feel terrible for talking so fast. And so I'm like, Oh, she's right on board with me. I'm good now. And if you're listening, I hope you're not on double time because this, this is a conversation. you not <laughs> double time. It's hilarious. No, I love it. Um, okay. So let's just dig a little bit deeper into the difference between being a traditional chiropractor and what you are doing, which is with the wellness piece. So just so people kind of understand, and some people honestly listening may have never visited a chiropractor. So just kind of like sure. briefly, what does a chiropractor do and what is the difference yeah. in the holistic approach that you take? So chiropractors are uh, by the very nature of what they do holistic. So the, 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 the issue probably, if I can call it that, is that we've had incredible success with low back pain, headaches, and certain symptoms and diagnoses and, and things, but the, the original intent of chiropractic was to optimize the body's functions so that the body can heal itself and move and operate in a way that is absolutely at its best. And so a lot of people don't realize that uh, people go into chiropractors just for wellness adjustments to stay as fit and as mobile and as neurologically kind of turned on as they possibly can. And there's lots of chiropractors out there that um, that that's how they practice. And, and so if you are with a chiropractor that, that does sort of wellness type work, that's fantastic. Some chiropractors choose to focus on just sports or just pain treatment or car accidents or those sorts of things. Um, but if wellness is more of an interest to you, then find a wellness sort of certified or a wellness focused chiropractor. And so for me, I was, was that wellness chiropractor, but I'm like, I want to pull in more nutrition and I want to pull in more fitness and movement. I want to pull in mindset, mindfulness. And <clears throat> there was a, an additional program I could take that helped me do that. Okay. Really cool. I did not know that that was sort of a, a separate path. Now the path that you took that was more wellness focused, is that chiropractor wellness specific or anybody in any sort of, you know, health related field could take that track? Was it chiropractor yeah. specific? 
It was. It was called the Certified Chiropractic Wellness Practitioner Program, and it was great because it integrated what we were already doing. So it took you from the knowledge base you were already at and then just added on top of that, which was awesome to be in a room filled with chiropractors, all equally interested in the wellness piece of it as well. Um, chiropractic is incredibly powerful. The impact it has on the nervous system and the immune system uh, is is unprecedented in my opinion, but I love adding, uh, because the minute patients walk out the door, if they're opening a bag of Doritos and a Mountain Dew, that affects my results. And I want my results to be good. So if I have the opportunity to, to help patients understand how their daily choices impact the kind of results we're going to get, um, then all the better. Okay. Fabulous. I'm so glad that you broke that down because I just want people who are listening to yeah. know that this is an option for them and they can look into, you know, if they're loving the results from their chiropractor and maybe they're looking sure. to integrate more of this, if that's even an option. So thank you for just kind of breaking that down. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about your personal passion for wellness and how you've incorporated this into your work? You've kind of touched on that a little bit, but, um, you know, is your personal passion for this stemming from the events of losing both of your parents to, to cancer? Is it a combination of things that happened after that? What kind of, where, where did that stem from? That's a great question. Um, Claudia, I'm going to go back just a little further uh, because my passion for wellness started back when uh, I was much younger. When I was about 11, I grew like a mastiff puppy about six inches in one year. And uh, that's tricky because mastiff puppies don't do back handsprings on the beam. And I was a competitive gymnast. And so I quit. And then I focused on my other sport, which was Olympic caliber binge eating. And mm -hmm. I just started like eating, eating, eating. And I used to be working out four or five hours a day. So it went unacknowledged because I didn't gain weight. And suddenly I started putting on a bunch of weight. And by the time I hit my second year of college, I was about 235 pounds. I was miserable. I had other issues coming up like thyroid, Raynaud's, digestive issues, um, arthritic type conditions. I had all sorts of things coming up as a result of not the, the weight specifically, but my choices in what I was eating and that I wasn't moving my body and that I was depressed. And, and so I, I can remember standing in the shower at about 22 and looking down and thinking, what the heck am I going to do with this inflamed, puffy, painful inside and out 22 year old. And I kind of went outside my body. I'm like, what are we going to do with you girl? And it, it took that moment of going, Oh wait, I'm standing in the shower alone. You come into this life alone. You leave this life alone. It's up to me. I have to make this a, a shift for myself and I have to pull in the resources and figure out how to get on top of my health. And so the weight was really just a symptom. And that took me to a place where I could go, Oh, I've got to be doing things much differently. And I have to make being healthy, a, a life project for myself. And so that is really where it started. And so part of my interest in getting into sort of a, a healthcare type field was a personal one. But luckily, what was great is everything I was learning and digesting and, and integrating in my own life, I can absolutely apply to patients and clients along the way. So 25 years later, uh, I have a, a, a book of information that I've used and that I've worked with patients on um, th that can really, really help uh, patients, people 
take their health to the next level. And so that's, that's where my personal, I think, story comes from is, is back standing in that shower and just going, oh, what am I going to do? You know, we all reach that point. A lot of us reach that point in our health where we're like, I have got to make a change. And so I, I would say that's where my personal wellness sort of started. And certainly uh, two cancer, di- well, three in total diagnoses um, really made me go, how much can we influence this? answer is a lot. And how can I live each day not knowing what my exit is going to be? How can I go, I need the most out of each day. And in order to do that, I need to be 100% as well as I possibly can in this moment. Mm. Wow. I didn't know all of those details of your background, but I think that it is so valuable that you've had such tough experiences, but very transformational experiences because you can then impart your learnings and insights from a very personal perspective. And, uh, you know, not that you couldn't be effective without those, but I just think that the fact that you've lived through watching what cancer does to the body and also just living through some of these things yourself, it, um, it just gives us, it gives a different level of empathy that you couldn't have otherwise and understanding of what people are going through. And actually, you know, it's, it's really good timing because we're, you know, beginning of the year and people are, you know, resolutioning it up and, you know, deciding yep. what they want to change. And I love that you said being healthy is a life project because I do think that we get off track when we think of it as very much, you know, just like the resolution for the year or the word for the year. And I'm not against any of that, but I, I think we could think of it much more long-term. I actually reviewed your recent speeching, speaking engagements, and I noticed that you spoke to Microsoft about why resolutions don't work. So since we're kind of talking about health being um, you know, more of a life project, maybe you can give us the cliff notes of, of why you believe resolutions don't work and your kind of insights into that. Yeah, of course. Um, there's a lot of reasons, so I'll try. I'll, I'll keep it brief. But uh, one of the reasons that I, was my favorite, and then I discovered in the research and preparing for that talk for Microsoft, was um, that we have an incompatible story. And so I'll use my sister as an example. My sister is 53. Um, every year, she makes this um, line in the sand, January 1st. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat well. I'm gonna get fit. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And every year, she self-admittedly, it doesn't happen. And so, what an incompatible story is is the fact that my sister enters into January in the back of her head with a story that says, you're 53, you can't be fit. You're too old. Yeah, you're too weak. She has chronic pain. So in the back of her head, it's like, well, you're, you're, you're in chronic pain. You don't want to flare that up. She has this story going in the back of her head that's incompatible with the goals she's setting for herself. So the first thing uh, that I think that one of the reasons that resolutions doesn't work is we haven't changed that story. And so we have to do some work to change that story in the back of our head saying, nope, lots of people get fit at 50. And you know what? The chronic pain issue, it might hurt a little, but it's not going to make it worse. So I am going to engage. And, and working on that story that's one step behind you actually making a resolution. Also, people, <clears throat> excuse me, um, they don't use smart goal setting and to, to set these resolutions. So they're like, I'm going to lose weight. And there's no timeline. There's no specificity. There's no um, a smart goal. For those of you that don't know, is, is an acronym, if I have that right. I can never remember. Acronym or a- if it's an acronym, S-M-A-R-T, specific 
measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-bound. If those resolutions don't have all five of those criteria, they're much more likely to fail because they're willy-nilly. You don't know when you've met it. You don't know when you haven't. You don't have specificity in place where you really have a target. Uh, and so that's really important. I also think that we come into the New Year's a lot of the time completely exhausted. Um, these sort of this willy-nilly setting of goals. And I also think um, we have no follow-through. So we set it, we have these high ambitions, and then we put no action steps in place. And so we don't move forward with, yes, I want to lose four pounds in 30 days or 60 days or whatever is realistic. But then we're like, we don't open up our day timer and go, okay. Here's where I'm going to carve out my meal prepping time. Here's where I'm going to carve out the exact days I'm going to go to the gym and what I'm going to do. Here's the support I'm going to bring in around me. And so these are some of the reasons why these resolutions fail. And there's lots of ways to um, set yourself up for better success by addressing those issues before you hit January 1st. I love uh, so much of that. I specifically love that you hit on the incompatible story concept because so many of us have stories that we're telling ourselves that we cannot even identify or have not taken the time to identify what story we are telling ourselves because it's become so ingrained as truth and we can't see it for what it is, which is just what we've been telling ourselves and it has no it has no grounding in truth. And so I think that that's so important. And then the exhaustion is so real because, you know, we've just been running around trying to make everybody happy during the holidays and uh, we're exhausted and we're back to work. And and that's certainly not the best time to be uh, making huge changes. So yeah, so, so important for for all of that to be at least acknowledged, identified, and yeah. for us to, you know, once we do acknowledge those, to be able to make shifts in how we show up in the new year rather than taking on these these big resolutions without anything really to back them up. So uh, thank you for sharing that. How do can you- I, Can I, yeah. I'm sorry, Claudia, I just, you brought up a point. Can I just share one more thing about that? Because yeah. I think January naturally sort of universally has an incredible energy about it and we can harness that and use it to our advantage. It's a clean slate. It's, I I think all of us, everybody who celebrates kind of that turning over of the calendar agrees that, okay, this is just a natural place that makes sense to put goals in. I I think it's a great place to do it. My husband and I started a practice about five years ago. We call it family planning day on on the first. And so what we decided to do is let's not go out on the 31st. Let's get a good night's sleep. Uh, We'll make a dinner and we'll watch a great movie and, and all of that. But on the first, we have family planning day and we come into it, it with high energy and we go, what's, what is our goal set for the year? How do we want to spend our time? Who do we want to spend our time with? What, where do we want to travel? How do we want to kind of handle our finances and our savings? What, are we, what kind of goals do we have personally for our wellness and how do I need you to buy into those? Um, and so we spend that day on the first setting strategy and it's worked exceptionally well, but we're not coming into it exhausted. We are uh, putting an action plan in place that's tied to those very specific goals and it creates uh, much more of a success pattern for that. It's not perfect by any means. Certainly we derail on some of them, but we have a much greater likelihood of following through on those strategies that we set. Um, and, and part of that is just the great energy that January brings. 
Yes. Yes. Thank you for acknowledging that too, is I, sure. I don't think that there's, yeah, agreed that there's, it's not that January is the wrong timing, but it's just mm-hmm. the way that we have been approaching it. Right. I mean, society tells us to go get exhausted on a new year's right. and, 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 then, and Christmas and the weeks before. Right. And so it's about preserving and taking care of yourself during those weeks so that you can kind of harness that wonderful new year energy. Yes. And the piece of doing it together, I love because I do think that we do so many things already in isolation. And if we can pull our partners, families, you know, whomever you spend the most amount of time with and that your lives are intertwined with to pull them in so that you feel like you're not, you know, rowing this boat alone all year long and that you do have a partnership there. So yeah, I do, I do appreciate and love that piece of it. And I think that that is um, something that is doable. You know, it's not like you're throwing out some nebulous idea that nobody could do. I mean, everybody could rest on New Year's Eve and enter into January 1st in a less exhausted way and pull their partners into a discussion on goals. And I, and I, you know, I love that it, it can be that easy and it doesn't have to be the way that society encourages or your friends are doing or you see on social media, you know, it really can just be that simple. And I'm so, such a huge proponent of rest. I mean, I, it's, it's yeah. a common thread. I'm and it probably is for you too, among all the people that I help in my advocacy business that sleep isn't happening. It's just not happening. Yeah. And, and it just is, it's the domino effect throughout life that if we are exhausted, we simply, we can't function at our highest. So absolutely. That's 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So how do you bridge the deep connection between wellness, which we've talked about, and then personal and professional effectiveness? So you, um, you know, I know that you do quite a bit of powerful work. Like I just talked about, you do a lot of speaking engagements. And so how do you kind of bridge this connection between wellness and then how effective you are in your personal and professional career? Yeah. So um, I do a lot of, you know, one-to-one, one-to-many speaking on that very subject. In fact, that's almost the title of, of typically what I speak about. And we look at connecting for, you know, high-level leaders or, or companies that want to level up their leaders. And we say, okay, where are the wellness outages? And wellness outage could be time management. It could be um, not knowing how to organize your projects, uh, you know, it could be lots of those things because anytime that we that stress enters the picture, and certainly being disorganized and and not having a good handle on your work, anytime that stress enters the picture, we're having a major impact in our wellness. And so, one of the things that we start with is we look at a well, a deep seated driving wellness why for the individual. We also establish a wellness pit crew for the individual. And then from there, we work on things like energy um, outage liabilities. We work on a stress pressure toolkit. We work on a bunch of different things like that. And it's connecting for people how what you ate on Sunday is going to affect how you are in your board meeting on Wednesday and starting to drive that connection for people because so many don't kind of cognitively put that together. And so that's that's really the, the type of work I do. And, and I have a, a program called the Wellness Amplifier Method that we take uh, people through that whole process, their wellness why, the wellness pit crew. We do sort of a three part where we action up and then we adapt and then we ascend. And it's a, it's a fun program. It's great. And it helps. I, what I love the most is I see light bulbs go on. And we're like, oh my gosh, if I 
Peloton a couple of times a week, you're telling me my energy is going to be up and I'm going to sleep better. So I'm going to be more effective in the type of role that I'm trying to get to in my own personal career. Mm, Okay. That's also fabulous. And I want to dive into a few of these things a little bit more detailed. So tell me a little bit about the wellness why and how you approach it. And then we'll dive into the pit crew. Yeah, great. Okay. So, um, I had, okay, so I do this thing called a discover your wellness why. And I had a group of women who were doing it together. And there was this elderly woman, elderly, 65, not elderly, but older. And, uh, we were doing this, this, this process. And it's, it's a, you write down why you want to be healthy. You just write a sentence down. Why do I want to be healthy? And then we do what you call whying it down. And so you say, yeah, but why? Then you write the next sentence. Yeah, but why? And then you write the next sentence. So I come around to Julia and I said, Julia, are you done? And she goes, yeah, I'm done. I've got it. And I look at her paper. She's got one sentence on there. And I said, read your sentence. And she said, I want to be healthy because I want to be able to do what I want to do when I get older. I said, okay. And I could see it in her body that it didn't, a a deep seated wellness why needs to resonate to the point that it clenches your heart and it might even bring tears to your eyes. So I said, Julie, let's why this down a little bit. And so uh, I said, but why? And she said, well, I want to be able to do whatever I want to do. I said, but why? Because I want to um, be able to interact with my family, but why? And she said, well, I have grandsons and I want to be able to hang out with them, but why? And she paused for a minute and her whole body, like I get goosebumps still telling the story, her whole body, she looked me right in the eye and she said, I don't ever want to say no to my grandsons to something they want to do and miss out on an experience that I can have with them. And I was just like, okay, that's your why. And so she wrote it up and she put it on her mirror and Julie had so uh, many fewer issues trying to get herself out of bed to go to Pilates in the morning as a result of being able to focus in on that. So that's the wellness why process. And it is essential if you're going to be successful long-term to tap into that in a way that isn't just, well, I want to be healthy when I get older. I just want to prevent cancer, you know, and it's, you have to why it down to the point that you have kind of a bit of a heart clench when you're finished. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really powerful. I'm sure we can all, as we're listening to it, visualize what that might have looked like and the feelings that were in that room in between you two. And I think that it is really important. You know, we, I think there is a lot of attention to whys, but it's not often in relationship to wellness. It's often mm-hmm. in relationships to, you know, financial freedom and time freedom and all of that. And none of that is, is wrong, but I, I think we so infrequently, less frequently than we should talk about why we want to be well. And that's a, that takes a backseat until we aren't well. And then we're having discussions when we aren't well enough to think through it. Then we're in the healing, you know, we're in the, the very stressed, um, trying to navigate the system of, of getting well. And it would be so much more effective if we had these conversations prior to illness. So, um, I think yeah, that it's such a good point. Yeah. So, so important to, to, translate and transfer the concept of thinking through a why into our wellness. And um, Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly I would argue that that would be the priority over talking about the others because we can't do anything else if we're not well. So um, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the pit crew and what that concept is about. 
Yeah, sure. And I'm sorry, I'm Claudia, I'm a storyteller, so I'm going to tell you another story. You're good. So, <laughs> and so um, th this happened very early in practice, only a couple of years into practice, and I practiced 25 years uh, in a brick and mortar. I still practice out of my home, but uh, this gal, Linda, who'd been coming to me for a while, she was a Microsoft exec, and she came in and she said, Doc, I want you to help me with my lip. And I'm like, okay, uh, what, what's going on with your lip? She said, no, not my lip, my Linda improvement plan. And I said, okay, what, what is that? And she, and she got kind of like a little teary actually. And she said, Heather, I have been working a career and raising two boys for two decades. And I look in the mirror, I don't recognize who I am. I don't remember what excites me or what I'm passionate about. I'm overweight. I don't move the way I want to move. And I've tried to change it over the last three or four months to no avail. She said, I want you to be part of my Linda improvement plan. I'm like, what's that about? She said, well, I'm a project manager. And when I have a project, I bring in experts and they help me get from A to Z and complete a project. She said, why wouldn't I do that for myself? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you are so onto something. So she and I put together a, a pit crew for her, we called it. And it was me and it was Reed, the physical therapist. And it was Derek, the trainer and probably the most important person. And, and I say this because people are like, well, you have to be able to afford a trainer and a physical and all those. And I'm like, no, the most important person on this pit crew was a coworker who her only job was to pull Linda aside on Mondays and go, did you hike on Saturday? That was her only job. And it was that pit crew put together by Linda and I that took Linda to the place she wanted to be in a much healthier, more optimized place. You know, she was eating better. She was, she had lost the extra weight she had put on. And it made me think, oh my gosh, oh, sorry. All of us, sorry, I lost my headphones there. You're good. This is hilarious. I'm getting all animated over here and it's so funny. I'm waving my arms around and I just pull my headphones out. But what I thought was, <laughs> is that all of us need a pit crew. We all need a wellness pit crew. We don't go and I don't go onto this land that I've bought. And I'm like, I'm going to build the best house ever. And I just start doing it myself. And I have no idea about a lot, you know, electrical or plumbing or construction or anything. No, I would pull in all the experts and say, help me with this. And I would build the best house ever because I have the right crew around me to help me do that. And so when I talk to people about their wellness pit crew, we go through all of the issues they're having. They're like, who is the best expert that can help us with this? And we put together a personal pit crew and it might be your neighbor, or it might be a walking buddy, or it might be a psychiatrist or a psychologist. It depends on what you personally need. But we have to, right after that wellness, why? We have to establish a wellness pit crew. And for some people, like I have this guy who comes and does repairs in my house. He is a how many is he done? 17 Ironman triathlete. He's almost 70. He's in phenomenal shape. He eats unbelievably. His pit crew is going to be smaller than somebody who has deep seated overeating issues, is 100 pounds overweight, has never exercised. That's going to be a different pit crew. But we all need some sense of support around us. I love the concept of pit crew. It makes me think of, you know, in, in healthcare, we talk about having interdisciplinary teams. And I think that that is important. What I think is great that pull, that you're pulling in into the pit crew are the non-healthcare members. Like we all know yes. that we need 
a fabulous dream medical team. We know we need that, but we don't often think about the ancillary support that is also so important, like the coworker to keep you accountable to do your hike. You know, I think I think those yeah. that that concept is is super important, and it pulls in um, some of just the support that can come from people that you know, and it doesn't require you to go, you know, searching for the best medical person. Sometimes it is just also your friend or your coworker. So I love those concepts. Yeah. I think it's so important to um, identify the need for a pit crew and talk about what that that is. We talked about the wellness why, and um, tied to this is your PDF. Tell us a little bit about what that involves and your gift for our listeners. Yeah, you bet. So I want to, uh, you know, we talk about this wellness why, but some people sit down and they're not really sure how to take themselves through it. So I want to just give them the discover your wellness why PDF process. It's interactive. They can do it on the computer, but I actually recommend printing it out and putting pen to paper because something happens cognitively when we put pen to paper that is much different than when we type. And so journal it, keep going. Sometimes you're going to have to come back to it, but you're going to know when you have that wellness. Why well, I've been through this with hundreds of people and every time you're like, Oh, now I've got it. And so take the PDF, download it, just click through the link that Claudia has and see where you get to and see how that impacts your personal wellness choices as you go into this 2020. Thank you so much for giving that wonderful tool and resource. And I will absolutely have the link to that in the show notes. And I think that I um, certainly agree on putting pen to paper. In fact, I, I have done a lot of calendar switching to my phone, but I'll be honest, I really feel like I have a pull to go back to paper. I just feel like writing, yes. writing has such important value and we kind of lose that. And then our hands get so tired, we can't even write. So yeah, I love the, I love the pen to paper concept. So as we kind of wrap up, Heather, what are some final parting tips for our listeners and a little bit more on how they can find you since you are casting that net to a larger population and people can work with you even if they're not local. So final parting tips and how people can find you. Yeah, of course. And you, you alluded to this wellness is a long game. You need to settle in, know that you have to recommit every day. If you want exceptional results, that's number one. Number two is being healthy has little to do with motivation and a lot to do with your resilience and your resources. And that's the whole concept of, um, that motivation is just kind of for the very beginning, but if you want a long-term change, you definitely have to tap into the ability of your brain uh, to keep a full battery and your ability to bounce back up when you get knocked off. And so those are some things we could talk about at another time, but it's kind of the whole concept of meal prepping on a Sunday or laying out your clothes before you uh, get up for a run at five o'clock in the morning. Create ease to the shifts that you're wanting to make. Uh, next community. It's everything for your wellness success. And I, I think it's essential to find either your wellness pit crew or a tribe of, of people who are maybe even a little ahead of you on the journey because that pulls you forward and in, immerse yourself in that because it can be incredibly, uh, I call it the tailwind. The tailwind effect happens when you're in that kind of community because when you're dipping a little, sometimes their energy is going to come from behind you and push you forward. And then finding your wellness why, of course, because we can lean into that when we don't feel like doing the work. And finally, remember that remembering that kind of that wellness is, it, it affects obviously the big three, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and other big you know, health outages, but 
I encourage people to tap into wellness because you want more powerful relationships, because you want to come from a place of wholeness and loving yourself in a way that you absolutely cannot unless you are at your full optimized potential. So focus on that. And the beauty of that is that the side effects are uh, by doing that, you work um, sort of in the background on preventing a lot of those preventable diseases. And so that whole concept of being in the moment and working on your wellness because of right now, not because of what you, you know, I want to avoid cancer, I want to avoid diabetes. Make sure that you are focusing on um, what is important and valid to you right now. And that is loving your kids in the best way that you can, uh, relating to your partner, um, enjoying your life, loving a sunset, um, loving the smell of a flower. Those things all come from you being optimized. Mm. Yes. Can't, couldn't agree more. Um, some words that stood out for me were creating ease. I'm all about that. And I love the concept of a tailwind effect with community. I'm so big on, on having community because it is so much easier and more pleasant to do things together than in isolation. So yes, absolutely sure. agree. Where can people find you and your amazing work? Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, so my website is well fit and fed. I'm also super active on Instagram. So if anybody wants to message me there, that's a, a great way. All of my platforms are well fit and fed. So Facebook, I have a show as well, Claudia called the junk you should know show and that gets housed on YouTube. So um, I love interviewing like you love interviewing. And so there's some great interviews there. And, um, and I haven't told Claudia this, but I would love to have you on my show <laughs> at some point it would be wonderful. And so that's how people can find me. And certainly if you connect through to the discover your why PDF, um, you'll get uh, added to the email list and you will occasionally get uh, great emails that only go out to my following and, um, and we can stay connected that way. Fabulous, Heather. Invitation absolutely accepted. You let Yay. me know when and where and I'll be there. <laughs> Would love to. I will have all of these links for our listeners so they can follow you. And, you know, I, I think that really you mentioned resources and, you know, I'll just kind of add to that resourcefulness, you know, I mean, all of these, I, I have talked to people too about podcasting, you know, we do this because we love it. We're not, there's no fat paycheck coming from having these conversations and they're so available and accessible to everyone yes. for free. So be resourceful, listen and take, you know, notes from people who've been there and are helping others and um, don't feel like you're alone. Even if you do live in a remote town and you don't have necessarily a physical community, you have a community that you can tap into even just listening to all of the insights from others. So thank you so much for sharing all of this. And I can't wait to uh, be on the Junk You Should Know show. Yay. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Thank you, Heather. Wonderful. Thank you, Claudia. Wellness outages, your wellness why, and finding your pit crew. So many great, valuable lessons in this episode, and I can't thank Heather enough for offering her free Discover Your Wellness Why PDF download to our listeners. If there are any guests that you would like to hear on this podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and nominate them. And if you enjoyed this episode or any previous, I would so appreciate it if you would leave an honest review on iTunes. Thank you for giving me some of your attention and time, which I know is so difficult in this day and age, and it is a valuable asset your time. So I appreciate you and I can't wait to bring you more valuable topics on minding your wellness.